Welcome back to the Now Appalachia. I'm Jeremy, and hopefully you guys are doing good wherever you're listening from. I decided that it would probably be good to do another episode uh, to kind of make up for Lost Tom. Last episode, I talked about how I was uh, mentally uh, where I was. You know, I, Obviously, I'm feeling burnout and things of that nature and overwhelmed by certain things. I think... Where I'm at right now, though, I've I've gotten to that point where it's like, okay, yeah, you know, I've got things sorted. I know where I need to be, um, and I've really tried to cut out a lot of the the bullshit. Ever so often, I have to do that because if I don't, it really starts affecting me, and I start noticing like a whole mood change and and everything. You and it's, you just, I think sometimes you just gotta say fuck this shit, and no matter how much, uh, you know, you may want to keep certain ideas or certain habits or certain people even around, sometimes you just need to get them the fuck out, and that's kind of where I'm at right now, and I feel like it's it's definitely been a burden uh, lifted, I feel like it's been a huge weight lifted off my shoulders, just getting few of uh, rid of a few people, but it's really started helping me change my habits as well as far as where my focus is. So I think um, with that, it's going to be more easier to be productive. It usually is whenever I get like this. It's just I have to make sure that whenever stuff starts creeping in again, and I start getting overwhelmed with things, and I've got a lot of stuff going on, I start getting burned out. That I. You know, it's, it's a constant thing. It's never one of these things that's ever fully fixed. You know, you're never going to fully get your life sorted out. You're always going to have to maintain it. Because if you don't maintain it, then, you know, shit will creep in and it'll start, you know, with negativity or really, uh, you know, burning you out and draining your energy. So it's good to, to not get comfortable and complacent with that sort of thing. It's also good not to let people control you uh, emotionally. So I feel like, you know, keeping keeping that in check is, is definitely what everybody needs to do. Sometimes maybe, you know, every couple of months, every six months or whatever, sit down and just reevaluate where you're at and, and is this, am I feeling, you know, like myself you know, and, and definitely, you know, what's the difference in, in my behavior? What's the difference in my habits? Am I doing better? Or am I doing worse? What's what's happening with that? <clears throat> I don't think that's necessarily something that deals with, um, you know, I know a lot of people like to put it out there like they have nothing wrong or there's nothing that they can really work on or fix on themselves, but I think that's just a load of shit. You know, you see a lot of this stuff on the internet, social media influencers, and they always have these perfect lives. And, and I always say, you know, it's because their lives are curated online. Nobody really sees the full extent of any of this shit, right? So people, I think, have been <clears throat> conditioned to really take on this this idea of you don't really need to put in work as long as you acquire these specific things. You know, you acquire a certain amount of followers or you, you, you acquire a certain amount of money or you acquire certain things. 
or you live in a certain area, uh, you know, like uh, I live in a gated community and I have this car. <clears throat> I don't think that sets your mood right, though. I mean, I know a lot of people think that's that's it. And, and you know, once you're doing that, you're doing good and you don't have to worry about anything. And I don't think I don't think they understand that uh, when you get like that, you've already let it seep into that this is, you know, <laughs> you're letting it seep into like, hey, I'm comfortable, but it's a big lie to yourself. You know, so everything must be good. I must be doing all right. Um, you have to be able to feel free. Money can pay for stuff. Having a ride will get you here and there, but, um, you know, emotionally, how do you feel? Do you feel like the things are owning you that you've you've bought and that you've acquired? Well, you know, what is it exactly that's, um, you know, who owns who, you know? And uh, I feel like a lot of a lot of internet and social media stuff. I think it really gets in people's heads. Always make sure that you're not comfortable enough to where. Let other people control you. You know, it's fine to get angry. It's fine to get sad. It's fine to feel hurt. It's fine to, you know, whatever. But if it goes on, right, to the point where it consumes you and you're being irrational, and that's where you need to have people around you that's honest to you, that's going to be be like, well, look, you know, from the outside, here's what I want to tell you. And that you can trust it'll give you the, the real shit. Because you're not always going to see if this is affecting you full long term. You know, they're going to be the ones that really set you straight. And if you have just one person that'll do that, then you're good. But there has to be some sort of evaluation there. And it has to continue. Because if it doesn't, you know, you, you're just letting, letting shit get to you. And for me, my problem, my problem is sometimes... Um, you know, I've always tried to be decently, uh, polite to folks without, you know, I know I come off as a, as a prick sometimes. I know that I'm, I come off as rude, but I've always tried to show people respect and, and so forth. Knowing damn well, these people don't, don't really give a shit about me. You know, they're only, um, you know, they're only, talking to me because they know somebody that I know or, or whatever. So whenever, you know, uh, so these relationships are very flimsy. You know what I mean? There's no real respect given and, and taken. It's just given. So I think due to the fact that I have straight all dog loyalty, uh, to a friend, if somebody is, if somebody's friends with that friend, they have a better relationship, then I feel obligated sometimes to, to you know, uh, be a little nicer than I should. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I feel like uh, the best way around that is just to just treat them like they're fucking dead. And that's always worked in the past for me. It's It's like, if you don't like me, then 
you know, and, and we're not getting along instead of me being up in arms and, and being pissed off, um, you know, just kind of puts you out of the back of my, my mind and just kind of, you know, if you spring up, you spring up, but for the most part, just leave me the fuck alone and, and I'll act like you're dead. Um, you know, we won't talk. I won't, uh, I won't search you out. You won't search me out. And then that's, that's generally the rule of thumb. I find that that works out a lot better than letting somebody get you fucking angry all the time, which I, I have been guilty of <laughs> letting people get to me. But, you know, it's one, again, it's one of these things you gotta, you gotta constantly be on your shit about. Working on yourself is never something that, it's never something that has an ending to it. You're never, you know, it's like ego, for example. Some of the best advice I ever received was really breaking me down and calling out my bullshit for making excuses. You know, because when we think about ego, we think about like me, 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 as far as being greedy in a conventional sense, you know. Uh, you know, the world revolves around me. Everybody's attention is really me. It's, it's my show. Everybody else is just the background characters. And what we don't understand though, is whenever somebody says, or whenever somebody's acting up, right. Um, you know, and I'm not going to go into any details for this one example, but let's say, but, but just on a very surface level. If a person has a lot of issues and they're taking it out on you, you know, sometimes, you know, you may feel bad and sometimes you may not, but I mean, sometimes you may feel bad and be like, well, you know, what did I do now? You know, what, what the fuck did I do to make you feel like it? And then you get pissed off about it. And then that starts a big fight and then, you, you know, there's bad feelings. Sometimes it's best to say. And understand that that your ego is telling you that it, this is somehow involving you for how you're being treated. But really, you're, you, you have nothing to do with it. You were just in the wrong place, wrong time. And a lot of people will be taking something out on you without it having anything to do with you because it's really eating at them. So it's not you, it's them. And I think whenever we accept that, because whenever I, it was something that I fought on for a bit and I realized that it wasn't the hill that I wanted to die on with that argument, because it's true. You know, after I started to really see it and I started getting it broke down to me, you know, sometimes people have their own issues. Uh, some people have their own guilt, right? As to why. They're not doing something uh, or doing more than they could. So they're putting it out on you, right? Or they're, they're pissed off because they didn't do something. So they're taking it out on this person or they're pissed off because whatever didn't, didn't work out or whatever. And they're just taking it out on whoever's in the way. It's not us, even though our ego is trying to tell us that it's us. It's not always us. And if it becomes something that's really toxic, if it, if it becomes something that's a constant, the best thing we can do is set a boundary and get rid of it. 
and be willing to accept the person if they get that shit fixed. But until then, I'm not going to allow you to affect me and what I'm trying to do uh, just because you feel guilty and you have your own things. Those are things that you need to work on and you're taking it out over here whenever you should, you should really be looking in yourself and fixing that shit. So that was some of the best advice I've ever received was, you know, really sitting down and, you know, understanding what your ego is and that it's a constant battle to, you know, and you, it's something that has to happen on a case by case basis. You know, is this person, does, is this person really after my ass? Did I do something wrong or is it one of these things where maybe there's something going on with them? And then of course, how often does it happen? If this person continues to be toxic, you don't want that shit around you. You want, you want something that's going to, or, and, and people around you who's going to, you know, uh, take, um, you know, take responsibility for their actions and for their feelings. So I feel like that's some good advice if I was going to give anybody, um, you know, working on themselves. That's, that's some of the best advice I ever received is know the difference between your ego and what's really going on. And also be ready to set boundaries for that. But I feel like I feel like getting more and more into this. I feel like it's it's really helped me, uh, you know. Whenever it comes to times where I get burned out and I start to feel like, uh, you know, I feel like everything's just gone haywire. You know, whenever I'm trying to gain my footing again to start building myself back up, I always think about ego. You know, and and taking responsibility and thinking on a very grounded level. I don't know if any of that's helpful to anybody out there, if you need to hear that right now, but, um, you know, for me, it's, it's a very constant thing, you know, uh, to maintain some sort of grasp on who you are as a person and where you want to go and and what your responsibilities are and, and taking responsibility for your actions and letting other people, uh, you know, not run over you whenever they need to take responsibility for their own. But I think, because it's a fine line as well, though, because some people just will take no responsibility for their own shit, so then their ego is the complete opposite, where they think that they didn't do anything wrong. You definitely have to sit down and and just think about it. And there's ways to do it very quickly. And sometimes the situation may be a little bit more than that, and you may have to look inward a little bit more, but... I mean, for the most part, it's a very quick process of, of understanding, you know, is, is there something going on with me that's causing this? Am I, am I doing bad? Am I doing whatever, if it's a job or whatever, uh, family members, or is this something going on with them? Uh, and then, you know, just go from there, but definitely always look inward, never get satisfied with any of it. Always make sure that you know, you don't get too comfortable because as soon as you do, it's, the shit's going to creep up on you. And then it's just going to cost more time, really. So, I was, um, you know, 
somebody had mentioned, uh, somebody DM me on Instagram and was uh, talking to me about wrestling the other day after the the last show. Uh, I wanted to clarify uh, because I, I clarified it, but I, I kind of ran through it quick. Uh, you know, I just did, I just did ring work for about three months, and there's there's probably about a show every month or two, so maybe it was like three or four shows. The show that I came in on was supposed to be, I think it was like three. Uh, the show that I came in on was originally supposed to be Iron Sheik, but the Sheik uh, didn't make it. But no, it was just ring crew stuff. Uh, at the, at, for, a lot of people think there's a spring. And I think back in the 80s, there was more of a spring. Some some rings actually had a spring in the center of the, of the ring. And there's obviously different types of rings. Uh, but it, it was some fun shit. You you get some cool stories out of out of doing stuff like that. It's more of a, uh, you know, you get a hangout and and people's put on a show and sitting back in the crowd and watching the crowd and stuff. People get a little rowdy, <laughs> kind of. And sometimes you're you're kind of uh, taking it upon yourself. Nobody's told you to be security, but kind of take it upon yourself. Considering like shit gets a little rowdy and and you know people's you know, uh, taunting the crowd and stuff. And you don't know if a motherfucker's going, <laughs> it's, it's rough, but, uh, no, it's, it was a good time. It was a real good time. The ring that we set up, you had four pieces, uh, as far as the four, uh, four posts. And then you had these metal beams that would lock into the posts and that would, that would lock them into your basic square shape. And then you had these these metal beams, I think it was three or four that would go across. And then I can't remember if we had some that went over crisscrossed, but then you had, uh, like a plywood and then you had the apron. So, and then of course you go in the, you know, you, uh, you put the, the turnbuckle, uh, you put the turnbuckle on and you, you put the piece of rebar, but you know, in the thing and you, you wrench it around and get it good and tight. You don't want it too tight. That way they can come off, but you also don't want it loose because that's obviously a hazard. If they come off the ropes or if they go to get on the top rope, some bitch is going to fucking fall. So you got to be real careful about it. And, and, uh, you know, it wasn't one of these things where, like the, the ring had like a lot of cushioning or the ring had a lot of bounce to it because of any sort of spring. It was, it was literally just fucking metal and no spring in the middle and plywood. <laughs> uh, if it wasn't metal beams, it might've been boards. It was fucking boards. If I remember correctly, now that I'm thinking about it. you had the metal beams that went across to create the square. And then you had the, the, the lines of boards, if I remember, maybe. It's been, it was 2000, 2011, so that was 10 years ago. A lot of shit's happened in 10 years, but <clears throat> yeah, no spring, no real cushioning. Uh, I didn't take any bumps on it. Um, I think that's one of the biggest questions. If you start talking about wrestling, people start talking to you about, uh, you know, have you ever taken a bump or anything? I ain't never taken a bump, I ain't. I ain't done no moves. I ain't played around on it. Um, but that's, you know, just set them up. Heavy as shit, too. Like, the, those beams, like, they're still 
the the posts are heavy as shit. And um, I started to walk one in by myself, and it was it, it was it was something else. I ended up getting help for it once we got into the trying to get it into the building. But yeah, I mean it was uh, it's, it's some rough shit. It's some real rough shit. I like to do that on a constant basis. It's, it's beastly, but it was a fun time, and I grew up around wrestling a lot. Uh, you know, whenever I was I was growing up in Logan, you'd have they'd either do it at the field house or they'd do it at uh, Man High School. And that was fun. <laughs> they do it at the Apple Butter Festival in Chapmanville. <clears throat> they did it. Uh, they had a couple shows in Ames parking lot. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, from there, you might remember fucking Cuban assassins. <laughs> I mean, it, there were some, a lot of these guys are old as shit too. Like they'd bring in somebody new every once in a while, but a lot of these dudes were old as shit growing up. And we had this one dude, he was a, he was a hillbilly. Um, and he came out in his overalls and, uh, he looked like some haystacks Calhoun shit, man. He had his, he's big old boy. I mean, he's, he's a big and he's old too. He's old as shit. Everybody knew him from the area, but you know, and man, you know, they're called the man hillbillies. And, uh, by God, here he came. He came out there with a fucking, uh, metal bucket and filled with moon pies. Let's just, <laughs> let's just get him stereotypes out of the way. By the guy, by the way, I love a fucking moon pie, right? But the, the big son of a bitch didn't throw me one. Instead, he chucked one over me, and it smacked a fucking kid right in the face. <laughs> oh, Lord, that kid started crying. I about went over and fucking got that damn moon pie. Uh, kid got beamed, too, man. That sounded like a goddamn gunshot that went off. <laughs> Hey, uh, and his dad, well, his dad didn't feel a bit sorry for him. His dad got the moon pie before I got a chance to. I was giving him it. I said, if he don't pick that moon pie up, you know, here in about a minute, I'm going to, I'm going to walk over and get it. Cause he's, he's about a good 10 feet away from me on the bleachers, but I was about to steal that damn shit. Uh, dude got in the ring. He had like three moves, a clothesline. He had the chop. And then he just flopped down on him. <laughs> My God, that son of a bitch. Uh, it's something else. And then uh, one in Chapmanville, whenever, see, Travis picked me up from the, the tattoo shop whenever all that shit was going on. They left me to go junk it up at some party. They left me inside the fucking tattoo shop locked in. <laughs> Right, so I had nowhere else to go, which I didn't have a, I didn't have a you know apartment or anything, and I was staying in, I was crashing in, you know, uh, technically a stranger, you know, his his basement. So I'm I'm sitting in there by myself, and uh, you know, I call up Travis one night. No, I called up, and there was Travis. I called up my mama. I'd I'd made a couple phone calls. And I said, well, I'll call mom and see how the boys are doing. So I called and seen how my nephews were doing and everything. She's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm back out sitting in the damn dark. I ain't allowed to turn nothing on. And uh, she said, why ain't you? I said, because. I said, they said, we're, we're in between two bars. Good chance the cops are going to 
be coming through. If they see, um, you know, I'm in there in the middle of the night and <clears throat> they're going to come in and they're going to write the shop up for having somebody stay in there whenever there's not uh, adequate uh, shit for somebody to stay there. There's, there's some shit about that. So they told me to stay in there without any lights on. All right. So I did. I stayed, <laughs> I stayed in there. Uh, you know, little did I know that my damn boss's drug dealer was going to be taking my spot, but, um, yeah, I stayed in there and I, I told her what happened. I said, so I said, I'm, I'm just sitting there. <laughs> I was bullshitting around. I was coloring. They told me to practice coloring. I said, all right. I had a fucking coloring book, uh, using the, the light of a computer screen over in the corner. To where nobody could really see me. I was sitting there coloring in a goddamn X-Men coloring book. And, uh, you know, whenever they asked me about it, I was just going to say, well, you said to fucking color, motherfucker. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want from me? Uh, you told me not to turn on anything, and I'm not going to sit here and tattoo in the dark like a dumb fuck. But, um, she called Travis. Travis was like, uh, Travis called me first thing called the shop and he said, hey, he said, I'm coming to pick you up tomorrow. He said, get your shit ready. All your shit. I said, okay. So, went into work. And I'm, I'm walking around and I got, I got all my shit packed and uh, Trav walks in and he said, uh, he said, get your shit. We're leaving. I said, all right. And we headed out and uh, it was the last time I stepped foot in that damn shop. They, uh, we went to a comic shop and we went to a wrestling show. Cause there's a wrestling show, the Apple Butter Festival that evening. By God, let me tell you something. They sat there and tried to preach to us a bunch of shit. They's going on about, uh, you know, God loves you. Get saved. I'm gonna elbow drop this son of a bitch, and these these people are the kids are into it because it's wrestling. But it's literally just these old people that are from the area. And they've been doing this shit ever since, you know, before I was a youngin. And none of them can wrestle anymore. And all of them's barely flopping around the ring and shit. All of them, you can't, there's no storytelling because there's no good guy and bad guy. It's literally, they all come in, they're all praying together and all this stuff. And it was, I was like, man, I didn't, I didn't come to church. I came to see somebody start bleeding or some shit. And they didn't. They just, uh, they just preached to you, so... At least to the damn hillbilly, he was slinging moon pies or something to get out of it. Um, but no, I, I just I just had a little brief stand in it. But wrestling was always cool. I enjoyed, you know, going to those events and shit. It was something to do, and uh, a lot of those guys are cool as shit. I sit down and talk to them. There's a lot of stories, and and there's a lot of dumb shit that goes on. There's this dude named Freight Train, for example. He came in. That was the show that I missed. It was the first show that I missed I was supposed to go to. Um, <clears throat> you know, we were going to go set up the ring and shit, but uh, Freight Train is supposed to be a mentally handicapped gentleman from North Carolina, I think. And he talks like this. And... Uh, I don't know, man. It was there was some wild shit that popped off of one of the the bad guys' dog, which is like a little pomeranian, and uh, 
Freddy Train told him he was going to kill his fucking dog. <laughs> and this was backstage. This wasn't, this wasn't even a, sh- a part of the fucking show. This was just backstage where they were selling shit. Like, most of the people had already gone home, and it was just the workers in the back. And I guess Freddy Train told him he was going to fucking straight kill his dog because he was a quote-unquote dog killer. But, um... It, some interesting shit goes on in those shows. I enjoy them uh, greatly, and I miss them. Uh, motherfucker's ears getting getting about ripped off, and and all sorts of stuff is good times. So now that uh, now that I think um, you know we've gotten everything out of the the way, and as far as where the show's going uh, from last episode. I um, started working a little bit on the YouTube channel. That's something I've been wanting to do for a bit. I've been wanting to kind of add to it. Uh, today I'm uploading a, it's probably like two minutes, two, three minutes, uh, just a review of Jake Richards' con, uh, Conjure Cards. There's a lot of stuff I appreciate about them, and there's uh, there's not really any downside to them. That, that's like a hardcore downside. I don't feel too much of a connection with them. If you know by reading cards or anything, you know that generally you have some sort of connection or relationship with the cards, but um, I can't seem to connect with them. But then again, I think with me working so much with just a deck of playing cards um, and using those, I'm really connected to those cards, but I can't seem to really get a hold on these ones. And I would say that's probably like after just about any card I use because uh, one of my older tarot decks, I haven't been able to, to get a really good reading out of lately. And I think, I think what it comes down to is, you know, right now it's, I, my focus and my energy is so much on this one deck of playing cards that it's just, that's what I've been using. I remember Mamaw used to sit on her, on her couch and always shuffling in playing cards. You know, she'd do that for hours. And that's something that, um, it wasn't until after, you know, you start hearing stories about the people that she was hanging around and the stuff that she was into, you start to kind of wonder if, um, you know, maybe she used that whenever she was finding out information or, or if it was just one of those things that just kind of came to her and she knew what was going to happen before it happened. And so there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of questions I have about it. And I unfortunately didn't get to learn anything from her in that regard but about those cards in particular, but I know whenever I picked up tarot, she really took an interest in me picking up, uh, you know, card reading. So I've been doing cards for almost fucking 20 years, close to, um, this year makes eight years. So yeah, uh, or not eight years of God damn, uh, 18 uh, 2003 is whenever I started the last half. So it's, um, it's been an interesting ride. I've had some cards that definitely didn't work. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I've got cards that I liked that I, I thought were really cool whenever I got them. And then you get them and you, you just, you can't get a fucking reading out of them. And then I've got cards that, and it's, it's only been a couple of sets of cards that I've actually used consistently over the years. Um, I've got one deck I've actually lost and they appear and reappear. I don't know what the fuck happens to them. I don't know if they just keep getting moved or what, but, um, 
you know, I'll find them ever so often. And it's like, you know, I can get an instant reading out of them. Uh, those cards I've had since 2009, I want to say. Now they're they're like a hundred and some bucks if you can find them. But, <clears throat> you know, I've read cards for, for quite a bit. I've read Pendulums for quite a while too, probably around the same time. Uh, never really got into palmistry. Never, never did any of that stuff. But, um, you know, I can say this, though. If you're working with any sort of tool for divination, uh, if it's a constant tool and it's not something like, you know, uh, tea leaves or, or eggs or any of that sort of thing, if it's something like a pendulum or, or cards specifically that you're going to use over and over again, a lot of the time you need to build up a relationship with that. And um, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get really a hold on these cards. And maybe that's something that will develop over in time, or maybe, um, you know, whenever it's time for me to move on uh, a bit and try a different deck, you know, I, I don't feel like it's it's the time though, because right now. I've really started pouring my energy and time and attention into just playing cards. But uh, no, I'm trying to I'm trying to do more stuff on YouTube. I'm trying to build that up a little bit because it seems like it's the next logical step. I've done a couple of videos on there, just kind of reviewing stff, and I feel like that's kind of uh, oh I did the 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 two review videos, the one that's going up today. And the one on that Byron Ballard book. And then I did a video on pendulums. So I'm doing small videos. I don't want to do anything major or large. But I feel like, uh, you know, it might be good to start working on uh, maybe cultural stuff to, you know, start getting out a little bit more and start working on uh, places and plants and things like that as well. It's just uh, something I'm going to have to wait and see. <clears throat> I like doing uh, that sort of thing. I just don't really know. I don't really know, um, you know, what the next step after that would be, though. It just seems like YouTube and, you know, the general uh, Instagram and, and the podcast itself, I feel like, is, is enough. I don't want to, you know, go too far out with it. But obviously having an audio and then a video selection and then also, uh, you know, the blog and, you know, you kind of get all the mediums there. So I don't think there's really anywhere else to go with it. But I do want to, I, I definitely do want to focus my attention more on YouTube and put out content that way. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's all for today. Uh, just. Figured that we'd post a little bit of something, talking about some stories and, um, you know, talk a little bit about whatever was on my mind. There are some, there's some stuff though that I do want to go over, um, you know, next episode. So it may be a little bit more structured than this one, but anyways, hopefully you guys are having a good week and, uh, take care out there. I know everything's starting to open up and everybody's out here running around and doing doing all sorts of shit, but, but be safe. Don't be fucking stupid. There's a lot of these people out here attacking like fucking idiots, like I ain't never been out of the fucking holler before. And I, we've had, I don't know how many fucking wrecks the last two weeks. I got caught behind a wreck the other day 
and just to take what would normally take about two minute drive took me about an hour and a half just to get out of that area of Taze Valley because somebody fucking wrecked, you know, as, uh, I just, and the, and the fucked up thing was, uh, dude, I know knew about it. <laughs> fucking, he's a, he's a EMT driver and he, he shoots me a message like long after I'm stuck in the shit. And I was, uh, I was, I was pissed for a minute. I was like, you couldn't have fucking told me sooner. And he's like, well, I, I, I just thought maybe, you know, maybe I should get a hold of you. Well, yeah. But then I started thinking, like, I, <laughs> I don't leave my fucking house. So he, he's probably thinking, like, well, you, you don't leave half the time anyways, but, you know, just in case. So uh, <laughs> after I sat down and thought about it logically, I was like, yeah, he, I, I can understand that. But no, I was just pissed because these people were uh, still driving like idiots. Still using the fucking yellow center lane to drive. And then once they see the fucking cops or whatever, they fucking try to duck in and almost hit somebody themselves. Uh, entitlement with drivers. I don't know how these motherfuckers get license. I don't know how they get their fucking license. But, you know, it is what it is, I reckon. But don't be a fucking idiot out there. Use your fucking blinker, please. <laughs> for, the, for the love of fuck, just use your blinker. But, uh, you know, you guys take care of yourselves. I'll catch you next week.